You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to America's Web Radio, and welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers, the show discussing the business of sports involving everything from the NCAA all the way up to the major leagues. Thank you to everybody for tuning in this morning. Been on a good roll here with the show lately. I think we've been covering some good topics. Obviously a crazy time for sports right now. First time ever we've had the NBA and the NFL going on at the same time. We've got all the biggest uh, Power 5 football conferences back now. Talked about the return of the Big Ten last week. We're going to talk about the return of the Pac-12 this week. A lot of crazy stories going on in sports. Um, So it's definitely an exciting time to be talking about the business side of sports, and and we're very happy to be able to do that with you here on Billion Dollar Ballers. So this week, jumping right into it very quickly, um, we're going to go ahead and start with baseball this week, which is uh, a topic we've covered a little bit in the past, but I don't know that I've ever talked about it with quite as much optimism as I'm going to today. Now, um, for those of you who haven't seen yet, it was pretty big news, but it did happen fairly recently, that Turner Sports re-upped the MLB's television deal. Um, It was the MLB's TV rights deal, and it has been re-upped through 2028, and they've also added Tuesday Night Games, a Tuesday Night Game franchise. So uh, it, it really is great for baseball, a sport that a lot of people have said is on the decline, a sport that personally... I have said repeatedly, I believe is on its way to dying. But uh, this commitment from Turner Sports really goes to show that uh, no matter what I think or no matter what anybody thinks about the decline in baseball, as long as people are watching it at a reasonable rate on TV, as long as TV companies are still willing to spend money on the sport, um, it's not completely done yet. So uh, let's jump in again to a a little bit of the details on this it did happen this past thursday so just yesterday um and it was extending a current partnership for a much higher price now time warner media which owns turner will pay approximately 535 million dollars a year to the mlb for the rights uh the current eight-year deal that the turner corporation has with mlb is set to expire after 2021, and that would pay $325 million per year. So clearly a very substantial jump in pay there. Something that, again, I myself would not even have predicted. It's almost a uh, over a 50% increase, which is uh, pretty crazy if you ask me, but it's definitely a big gamble on the sport of baseball. Um, and one of the reasons that it's speculated that Turner was willing to put so much money forward to do this is this new effort to, to have what they're calling one baseball, the consolidation of baseball, um, bringing the minor league teams under the control of the MLB, which is something that I have not advocated for in the past uh, simply due to the fact that I didn't think it was fair to a lot of the minor league teams. Um, but as we can see... Um, for whatever reason, and these companies obviously have some of the greatest analytics workers um, and some of the greatest marketing sales experts in the entire sports field. So it's not completely unfounded what Turner Sports is doing. They're doing it with insight, and I'm sure they're doing it with 
proper research and, and understanding of the sport and the money that it can draw. Um, but it's definitely an interesting thing to see someone going in so heavily investing so much on the idea of a consolidated one baseball. Um, but back back to the deal. The deal does include exclusive rights to most of the postseason games. Of It's more postseason games than any other network. Uh, also, a new season-long Tuesday night game broadcast, which is going to feature Ernie Johnson, who, uh, if you watch any of the NBA Tonight stuff, NBA Live, Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, Kenny the Jetsmith, Ernie's great. I think he'll bring a lot of entertainment to that show. Hopefully, get some more eyeballs, uh, and, and then some more some more baseball experts. We're gonna have Pedro Martinez, Jimmy Rollins, and a newcomer, Curtis Granderson. Uh, they'll also be in a revamped studio. Um, also, Turner will have broad digital rights for Bleacher Report and other platforms. Um, now, if you're unfamiliar with Bleacher Report, Bleacher Report is actually what I tend to use to get my most up to date. Uh, sports news from anything from trades or or uh, rumors of contracts getting bought out or players released, um, all the way up to actually covering things such as this new Turner Media Rights deal with the MLB. Uh, personally, I, I advocate for it. I think it's a great platform, um, and it's definitely good that Turner Sports is going to continue to implement Bleacher Report in all of its baseball coverage because it's just another way to reach a lot of the younger demographics um, that baseball has seemingly been struggling to reach in the recent past. So we're definitely happy to see that. Um, on the deal, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred told Sport Business Journal, economics are always important. And another factor that weighed in on our decision-making was that Turner came to negotiating table with a lot of new ideas about exactly how we're going to make our combined efforts better. Um, so, uh, From the mouth of the commissioner himself, it seems that Turner and MLB recognize that there might be some sort of a problem going on with viewership, and they're going to work together to solve that, which is really the only way, in my mind, that they could potentially solve the issues that they're having. Um, now, Turner has had a partnership with the MLB since 1973, um, which early on primarily consisted of broadcasting Atlanta Braves games uh, nationwide in the early years on TBS. Um, it's since evolved a lot. Um, some key provisions of the New Deal include that TBS exclusively will carry one league championship series per year, alternating between the American and the National League. So you'll get to see all of your players play in a championship series uh no matter what the league is, depending on the year. TBS will also have exclusive rights to televise two of the four division series, also alternating between the AL and the NL each year, and featuring the same league as the network's LCS coverage. Uh, TBS will carry one wildcard game, which will be consistent with the network's division series and LCS coverage. Uh, and the new Tuesday night package, which if you're a baseball fan is definitely exciting. Um, get to watch baseball one more night a week consistently. That's always great. Uh, that's going to feature a national game each week, doubling the amount of live regular season game telecast currently airing on the network. Um, furthermore, outside of Turner, Fox Sports extended its rights deal with the MLB 
in just November of 2018, covering the 2022 to 28 season on a deal that was reported by Sport Business Journal to be north of $5.1 billion, averaging almost $729 million a year. Um, so Fox Sports is the home of the World Series and the All-Star Game and owns the rights to one league championship series and two division series each postseason. Lastly, ESPN currently airs one wild card game, although they are in talks to expand their deal. Uh, the network and MLB agreed to their current deal in August 2012 for eight years, $5.6 billion. Um, so that's pretty crazy to see. I mean, uh, we're definitely seeing um, small increases in the amounts that people are willing to pay for MLB coverage. But all in all, it seems that TBS, Fox, and ESPN will continue to be the homes of Major League Baseball. That's where you can get most of your coverage. Um, and with that being said, I, I would like to take a moment to talk about how um, if you've paid any attention to how people are watching sports these days, it comes as no shock to you that cutting the cord has been a very popular trend. And, and when we say cutting the cord, um, we mean that there are millions of cable customers dropping their subscriptions um, in favor of streaming methods. Uh, there's also been a lot of talk about declining ratings for sports since their return from the pandemic, which we've talked about a lot on this show, and, and there's obviously a lot of reasons that that could be. Um, but when we see major, major corporations, Turner Sports, ESPN, Fox, investing so heavily, uh, not only in sports, but in a sport like baseball that many consider to be on the decline, um, it just shows their commitment to cable television, shows their commitment to, um, to hoping that sports can prop up cable television. I mean, live sports are really, as of now, the last big draw for cable television. Obviously, there's some popular TV shows as well. But sports really run away with it um, when you talk about viewership on live television as opposed to streaming services. Um, so, again, there's no guarantee that this is going to work uh, for these TV networks. They're betting big on the future of broadcast sports, but it could easily be a big mistake. I mean, I personally, I kind of believe it is a big mistake. I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to go against these experts who obviously know somewhat what they're doing. If they're taking the risk, it's a calculated risk. Um, but with streaming being so popular, and we already have heard the talks of sports such as the NFL um, bringing more of their products to the streaming side of things, uh, there's really no telling exactly what will happen. But the trends don't support um, the trends don't support live TV over streaming in the long run. That's for sure. Um, so as we've been talking about with baseball. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the new one baseball platform. Um, but the MLB is not actually the only league that recently is expanding upon um, its television rights or discussing expanding upon its television rights. Um, Fox recently announced that it would be willing to spend up to $2 billion to maintain the NFL Sunday action, um, which it currently has across its regional networks. Um, now, that sounds like a ton of money, and, and if you're wondering why it's worth it to them, um, it's because the properties that Fox owns right now keeps them in some major media markets. 
uh, namely New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Um, and there are other broadcasters showing interest in the NFL. There's a possibility of ABC airing NFL games. Um, also, the NFL television rights deal um, is set to expire at the end of next season. Um, so the current deals that the NFL has are as follows. Thursday Night Football uh, belongs to Fox for $660 million. Sunday Night Football with NBC for $960 million. Monday Night Football on ESPN for $1.9 billion. NFC Sunday on Fox for $1.08 billion. Again, which they recently said they'd be willing to spend $2 billion on, so they'd almost double that. Uh, and AFC Sunday Football on CBS for $1.09 billion. So if Fox is to be taken at its word, then that's another big bet on live television, live sports broadcasts, in fact, doubling the value, um, which again would see a very large increase to the salary cap. And maybe we could see the NFL catching up to the NBA in this area. Um, they're very different sports with the NBA being mostly guaranteed contracts. The NFL is obviously slightly different, but we've seen trends towards more guaranteed money in a lot of these contracts. Um, and we're definitely going to see the salary cap rise if this if Fox is to be taken at their word and the other networks follow with the same logic. Um, so with that being said, I know it was a baseball segment, but while we're talking new television deals, felt like it was important to talk about the NFL. Um, obviously, the renewal coming up so soon. Um, so with that being said, we've got a lot of show left today, a lot of good segments uh running out of time to explain what they're going to be right now, but we'll take a short break and then come back to hear more and get into some more exciting topics. McAllister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at mccollisters.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. Hey folks, this is Victor Armanderas with the On Point with Victor show. Just to remind you, don't miss every Tuesday 2 to 3 live right here on America's Web Radio. And remember, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And I want to take this uh, quick opportunity to thank everybody that has become a patron. We had uh, Dr. Wilson down in South Georgia. He's uh, signed up as a patron and we've got many others uh uh victor armanderas uh has folks that are patrons that just support his show but you can support the station or a specific show if you want either any way you want to do it all you have to do is go to our website and sign up to be a patron and we've just put out another newsletter and we'll be uh putting on many other shows uh uh memory show nostalgia show the stucky hour now raise your hand if you've ever stopped on a highway and gone into stuckies okay we've got a hundred percent across the board no i don't on radio it's hard to see how many raise their hand but i'm sure a bunch of people did so 
We've got such great shows. We've got a, a young lad that does a show called Billion Dollar Baller. Oh, that's the show we're right in the middle of. And he does a fantastic job. I, um, Jack has, has been with us now a couple of months and uh, is just doing a wonderful job. And the information that he comes up with, if you're a sports fan, is just absolutely incredible. So remember, go to americaswebradio.com and sign up to become a patron and get our newsletter. And we're, we're going to be getting uh, Jack involved in the newsletter. Hello, Jack. Didn't even know that, but we are. And we're going to have most of our hosts... Maybe add a little comment or a couple of uh, lines or a paragraph in our newsletter when we put them out. And uh, get the inside information. That's what the station is all about, really, like the doctor's lounge. Find out what doctors are talking about in the hospitals. And I can guarantee you it'll ruffle your feathers. So with that being said... Jack, if you're ready, I'm coming back to you and Billion Dollar Ballers with Jack Christides. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers. Uh, had a rapid fire for a segment there, talking baseball, talking a little bit of NFL. Um, we're going to keep it with football here. We're moving back to Division One college football. Everybody heard uh, last week my feelings about the Big Ten returning. And I've been preaching since probably my first show on America's Web Radio um, uh, just how hard on schools, local economies, obviously you, the college football fan, the coronavirus shutdown would be. I, I was one of the first people to predict that uh, we wouldn't see a football season um, if the coronavirus wasn't uh, taken care of. And, and again, I went even further saying that although we might not see a season, uh, I predicted that, again, they wouldn't be able to afford not to have a season, which is really what we've seen played out. They Initially, everybody said, no, we're not going to do a season. And then the athletic directors and everybody in the schools, they all sat down and they realized, well, wait, we're going to lose millions of dollars. We're going to lose billions of dollars. Um, and, and that's really when you started to see all these schools come back, and finally the last domino has fallen. So all the Power Five conferences are going to be playing now with the Pac-12 announcing Thursday um, that they voted to play a seven-game conference football schedule beginning on November 6th. Um, again, they've said it's not about money. I guarantee you it is, folks. They can't afford to lose as much money as all these schools are going to lose. Um, and that's just the bottom line. Um, now, it was all the presidents and all the chancellors of the Pac-12 that were voting, uh, and it is just in time to be included in the college football playoff discussion. Um, again, every Power Five conference now committed to playing this fall, and they'll all end their seasons before the college football playoff selection day, which is strangely rapidly approaching on December 20th. I know it doesn't feel that late, but uh, we're coming up on October and not that far off. So uh, when the 13 member selection committee does choose the top four teams in the country, the Pac-12 will be eligible for that. Um, the ACC and Big 12 have already stated, uh, have already started. The SEC kicks off its season this weekend, and the Big Ten has announced it will start October 24th. Um, so uh, 
many, many questions to ask here about the Pac-12. Now, what is the Pac-12 schedule to return to play? Um, Pac-12 teams can transition to 20 hours per week of countable athletic activities, um, although obviously this just happened, so all the teams aren't at the same stage. Um, there are still some issues of state or local regulations, which teams will clear quickly, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, now, some Pac-12 teams have not been together since the August 11th postponement, um, or have been very limited. So although they're considering allowing teams to begin competing as soon as October 31st, um, it, it'll be interesting to see if these teams can keep up with all the other teams that have had more time to play together. Um, now, let's get into really the factors behind them getting back on the field. Obviously, one a huge one is the money. I'll break down some of the money um, in just a little bit. But the other one would be the pressure. Um, if the rest of the Power Five conferences postpone their fall season, um, like the Pac-12 and Big Ten initially did, uh, the Pac-12 would not have even considered reversing its decision. But once everybody returned, if Pac-12 was the only Power Five conference not to play football, it turns into a public relations nightmare. Um, now, in terms of its place in the national conversation, the Pac-12 has been trending down for years. Um, it has one of the lowest rating scores of any of the other teams in the Power Five conference, and not playing would have taken that to a whole new low. Uh, as we know, worse ratings mean worse future TV deals, less money for schools, less money for scholarships, the whole nine yards. It, it just spirals out of control, um, and you see a lot of problems. Now, USC's athletic director, Mike Bond, said the, two, the uh, Big Ten's decision last week to relaunch its fall schedule uh, obviously affected his Trojan football players. They wrote California Governor Gavin Newsom, who's uh, been trying to stifle everything in that state, um, outlining why restrictions should be lifted so they could play a season. Um, and, and they started to realize that they were an outlier. California realized that what they've been doing is utterly ridiculous that they're not only stifling their economy, they're stifling their college sports and college athletics. Um, and that's, I mean, we've been saying it for months now. You have to open it up. When everyone else is opening, you got to have some balls and just go ahead and do it. And finally, the governor let them do that, and they're returning. Now, another huge reason is the rapid testing. We now have rapid tests available for all of these teams. Uh, and when they voted the last time uh, for the Pac-12 to be shut down, um, these weren't widely available tests. So it, that's definitely a major factor as well. Um, now, again, they won't tell you it's about the money. Um, when, when you ask Michael Schill, the chair of the Pac-12 CEO group, uh, he'll say money had no role in the decision to relaunch the fall season. Um, and he he rightfully did note that there are large deficits projected for the Pac-12 athletic department. Um, and the amount of money that is going back uh, to playing is tiny in comparison to the losses. Now, I would agree with that. Unfortunately, I know better. Um, and I, I went in and I wanted to look at uh, just a little bit of how much money the, the uh, Pac-12 is actually going to make back. Um, and it turns out that Mr. Schill is not being entirely truthful. 
The TV networks will pay the Pac-12 about $250 million to play a splintered football schedule. In addition, the college football playoffs will pay the Pac-12 about $66 million, even if no Pac-12 team is involved. I understand that uh, there are certainly still huge losses to a lot of Pac-12 programs, but uh, $316 million, even when we're talking billions of dollars for a conference, that's nothing to scoff at. So, um, Mr. Schill, I'm calling BS on on the fact that money was never once mentioned as a consideration. Um, and even if it even if it was only mentioned a few times, I can't, I believe it's the major factor here. Um, so this this seems like a little bit of a white lie here. Um, and that's okay. I understand that it's probably a bad look to say that educational institutions are putting money before students, but I don't know that that's a new trend. I think that's something that a lot of us can see um, across most of our colleges these days. Um, and I can't fault them for it. I've been preaching the whole time, open it up, let's do this thing. And um, and if you really look at the, the numbers, the death rates, the number of serious cases for not only people who are um, as young as a college-age student, but as healthy as a college student-athlete, um, you really see that the risk factor is not high for any of these players, um, pre-existing conditions, of course, aside. Um, so I believe, I believe the money's worth it. I believe they considered the money, and I, I believe that's why they're playing. Um, and I'm excited that they're playing. So definitely excited to have college football back. Um, there are obviously a lot of hurdles. Um, Houston has actually seen four consecutive opponents postponed because of coronavirus. Virginia Tech still hasn't played a game. Um, and in the Pac-12, Colorado is unable to practice for two weeks because the county of Boulder, just hour before this decision came out, issued a prohibition on gatherings among university students between 18 and 22 years old which, if you ask me, is so stupid. I, I, I don't understand. It, some of these things, folks, seem like the most arbitrary restri- restrictions ever. You're banning gatherings of students between 18 and 22 years old. So if I'm 23, I, I can gather. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Tell me the logic behind that. Hint, there is no logic behind that. Um, again, just another example of a county, a city, uh, a college trying to limit um, a great thing that's been happening. Um, so something I'm certainly not happy about. And if you go to UC Boulder um, and you're excited to have football back, I don't know what to tell you because it doesn't seem like your county's going to let it happen. Um, and, and that certainly would not be good for UC Boulder's athletic department or UC Boulder as a whole. Um, so obviously, Pac-12 officials going to continue to monitor state and local guidelines. Uh, they won't hesitate to pause or cancel the season if virus conditions worsen, but they're going to give it a good go. Hopefully they're able to move forward, um, and hopefully it's sustainable because I think we all would love to see a complete college football season. As of now, the way that this is going to play out, it looks like we could get a standard playoff. Um, it looks like we could get Alabama and Ohio State and two other teams, again, 
Um, obviously a joke. Don't don't get upset if you're a fan of some other teams. But looks like we could get a pretty normal college football playoff um, against the odds. Really, I, I didn't really think that that was going to end up coming to fruition. Who knows? It still may not. Um, but if everything goes as planned, that's just what we're going to see. And that would be great. And obviously it would bring in a lot, a lot, a lot more money. Um, so, uh, quick preview of our, the second half of our show today. Um, do you like sports gambling? I know I do, sometimes a little bit too much. And, and if that's one thing that you're interested in, then today is a good show for you. Um, we're going to jump into Barstool Sports, um, a very popular me- sports media brand that is testing the waters of online gambling. Um, should be extremely interesting. Make sure to stick around. And following that, we're going to talk about um, what many people have called the world's most boring sport. No offense if you're a golf fan, but uh, it's golf coming up. Uh, major developments in golf. We've seen a lot of growth in the sport. seems like a lot more people have been golfing through the pandemic. And um, if you thought that, you're not wrong. I'm going to talk about some trends in the golf world and why the PGA Tour is set to make a lot more money. Um, So with that being said, we're going to take another short break, and I'll be right back with Billion Dollar Ballers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded Show on America's Web Radio. Be sure to join us live every Tuesday at 1500 hours for the latest in gun news, gun products, gun politics, and other gun-related stuff. That's Tuesday, 1500 hours, America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. And once again, I want to interrupt whatever I'm interrupting and uh, taking a little time from Billion Dollar Baller, but want to thank everyone, all of the folks that have signed up to be patrons for and with America's Web Radio. And what do they get? They get a newsletter, and uh, we email the newsletter out. If they want to unsubscribe, they can, but they would continue to be patrons and get information and we're be, we're going to be coming out with some other interesting things and um we look forward to you becoming a patron and helping support us keep these great programs on the air and uh we'll be back talking more about that over the next few days and weeks uh let's finish up here and then we'll be going back to jack right after a couple of words If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers, and welcome back to an extremely exciting topic. We're talking sports gambling, folks, and uh, the new hot name in sports gambling is Barstool Sports. Now, the Barstool Sports book 
uh, trounces the app download march held by DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, if you're a sports gambler, you've definitely heard of DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, but there's also a good chance that you may have heard of the Barstool Sportsbook. Now, despite just a single state launch, Penn National Gaming's Barstool Sportsbook app absolutely crushed records previously held by their rivals DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, this is a collaboration between Penn National and Barstool Sports that had a three-day soft launch in Pennsylvania last week before going live across the state over the weekend. And data confirms that the timing was good. Morgan Stanley's Thomas Allen says that Barstool Sportsbook was downloaded 63,000 times last weekend, averaging 21,000 downloads a day over the Friday through Sunday period. Now, both marks easily topped the previous high marks set by DraftKings and FanDuel, the two largest operators in the U.S. online and mobile sports betting market. Um, Morgan Stanley didn't mention how many sports bets were placed um, as a result of the rush to the platform. But DraftKings was just downloaded 4,000 times in its debut weekend, um, while its single-day high is 15,000, according to Bloomberg data. FanDuel's weekend high for customers placing the app on their mobile device is 9,000, which happened on NFL opening weekend in 2018, so obviously a very targeted release date for them there. Um, and their operating daily record is 19,000. So obviously Barstool like hugely outperformed um, those other platforms. And moving forward, if if you're not only a sports gambler, but somebody who's interested in investing in sports gambling, um, and I certainly know that I am, it, Barstool Sportsbook is often an extremely strong start. And if you're looking at how to invest, all you have to do um, is put some money into Penn. That's P-E-N-N stock. Now, Penn um, are the owners of, uh, of Barstool. Um, now, if you're unfamiliar with Barstool Sports, period, Barstool Sports is a leading digital sports, entertainment, and media platform delivering original content across blogs, podcasts, radio, video, and social. Um, it benefits from a base of loyal monthly visitors, including 48% males, 44% females, mostly Gen X. Um, a lot of younger people um, tend to be supporters. Um, but what's really interesting is Penn's relationship to Barstool Sports. Um, now, Penn operates a lot of gambling entities. Um, obviously, they own a number of casinos. They, they invest in a lot of online businesses and things like that. And um, one of the craziest things that's happened in sports um, in the last few years is when Penn National Gaming actually bought Barstool Sports from its owner, Dave Portnoy. Now, uh, that was a, a huge deal, a $450 million deal. Um, and they immediately moved forward, pushing this agenda of sports gambling. Um, now, obviously, Barstool Sportsbook is still in its infancy, and while Pennsylvania is a major sports market, it, it's just one state. Um, meaning that Penn's foray into the hyper-competitive online sports betting industry does face more tests. Um, those include confirming to Wall Street and investors that leveraging personalities, namely Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy, is an effective business model. In my mind, it is. Uh, 
if you look at things like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all these online platforms lately, uh, TikTok, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing, influencers are driving sales. Influencers are driving revenue. Um, and it's no different for sports gambling. And Dave Portnoy is an influencer. Don't get it confused. Yes, he, he's a CEO. He was the owner. He sold the pen. Um, I'm sure he owns a lot of pen stock himself. At his core, he is just an influencer. I shouldn't say just. I don't want to mitigate what he's done. He's an influencer, and he's a damn good one. Um, so he's, he's going to bring people that aren't even into sports gambling into the world just through his Barstool platform and his name. Um, it, it's actually incredible um, what he's been able to do. Um, but... Here's to hoping that Penn National uh, stock continues to go up. If you're interested in investing again, the ticker's P-E-N-N. And, um, and here's to hoping that Barstool Sportsbook continues to do well because it's definitely a great development to have um, more platforms for all of those interested in sports gambling. Um, with that being said, if you're wondering, uh, can, how do I bet? Can I legally bet? Um, you say Barstool Sports is only available in uh, Pennsylvania. Well, I don't live in Pennsylvania. How am I going to gamble? Well, that's what the second half of this segment's about. Um, so sports betting has obviously um, been a hot topic lately um, with individual states discussing when they'll be able to legalize sports gambling. It's been newly, nearly two years since the Supreme Court struck down the federal ban on sports betting, allowing states to legalize it if they wish. Um, so where do we stand now? What states are in business and how are they doing? What states are coming online and what states are on the back burner? Um, so I'm going to give you a, a quick overview of, of where it's legal, where it's not. And um, I won't necessarily go state by state, but I will. If you don't hear your state mentioned, um, just know that it's projected to be 2022 or beyond until your state is legalized sports gambling. There are 22 total states as of now where it is legal. Um, now, of those states, only seven have physical sports books. Where, that is where you go in and bet um, in person. Six have full mobile betting, five partial mobile betting, and five where it's been recently legal, but they don't allow betting yet. Um, so we'll start with Arkansas. Only physical sports books got to be in person. Um, Colorado does have full mobile betting. Delaware, only physical sports books. Illinois, only physical. Indiana, full mobile. Iowa, partial mobile, uh, meaning that you can find certain markets. Uh, Michigan, as of now, only physical. Um, Mississippi, partial mobile betting. Montana, only physical. Nevada, partial mobile betting. New Hampshire, full mobile betting. New Jersey, full mobile betting. New Mexico, only physical. New York, only physical. North Carolina, no betting yet, but it is legal. Oregon, partial mobile. Pennsylvania, full mobile. Rhode Island, partial mobile. Tennessee, recently legal. Virginia, recently legal. Washington, recently legal. And West Virginia, full mobile. Um, so obviously, no, that was a bit of a mouthful. Um, hopefully you caught it. If you didn't, as I'm sure you, most of you know, our, our, our shows are uploaded on americaswebradio.com can actually find any of our great shows on americaswebradio.com so 
if there's something you missed or you just want to listen again, feel free to go back and, and listen again on America's Web Radio at your own time. Um, but those are the sta- where states stand on legal betting. Again, if you didn't hear your state, it means that it's not legal. It's not expected to be legal until 2022. Um, but we're coming up on half the states in the United States where you can gamble online um, and it make it very easy. So, again, I think this is a huge growing industry. I think it has crazy implications uh, for the sports business world. Um, we're talking fan interactions, advertising, virtual reality. Um, and really, um, one of the number one things that I've learned working in sports over time is that uh, the more a fan is involved in the game, the more a fan is invested in the game, the better relationship the fans have with the sport. And the more money the sport does and the more fun that the fan has. So really, this is a great thing for all parties involved. It's going to bring in far more money, obviously, for the external gambling companies, but also um, for the individual leagues as well. Um, and it's going to allow you as a fan, whether you bet or not, to have a more enhanced sporting experience. Um, and you may be asking, if I'm not betting, why does this affect me at all? Well, I'll tell you why it affects you. You know when you're going into a game, um, let's just say I'm a Lions fan. I'll use the Lions for an example. When you're going into a game and you see that uh, the Lions are playing the Packers and, and you're a delusional Lions fan and you think that the Lions are going to beat the Packers. Um, well, if they're showing you the odds week in and week out uh, and you're seeing that the Lions are listed as a major underdog, maybe you temper your expectations. You don't expect them to win. Well, if you don't bet, there may not be a monetary payoff when they win, but if a big underdog like the Lions does pull off that upset, you feel that much better about it. Um, so if you see what I mean, understanding where your team stands through these odds um, can can give you a whole different appreciation for the game not to mention the live odds it makes a comeback you see your team only has five percent uh five percent chance of coming back because an odds maker is telling you that and then they do it it just makes it that much sweeter even if you don't have money on the line um so sports gambling is a total game changer hopefully there's gambling legalized in your state if not don't worry it'll come soon Um, With that, we'll go into our last short break before coming back and discussing some golf. Hey, folks, this is Victor Armendariz with the On Point with Victor show. Just to remind you, don't miss every Tuesday, 2 to 3, live right here on America's Web Radio. And remember, I'm not angry. I'm just right. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Once again, folks, I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone that's become a patron and looking forward to you becoming a patron and being added to our mailing list. And uh, our newsletter has been good, but it's going to get that much better. Uh, More and more of our hosts are going to be contributing to our monthly newsletter. We don't try to overwhelm you with something every day or every week or anything like that. But we do want to keep you posted on what we're doing here at America's Web Radio, and we want your help, too. If you know of a good topic or you'd like something, uh, a topic addressed on America's Web Radio, we'll be glad to do it. With that being said, it was like yesterday. We're the only radio station that I know of that address the issue of Venezuela destroying the Caribbean right now with a massive, bigger-than-the-BP leak, oil leak coming from one of their pipelines going to a refinery. And uh, you can check it on Google. There it is, the disaster in Venezuela. And yet you haven't heard one other mainstream media that's even address the issue of what Venezuela is doing. And, folks, I hate to tell you, as taxpayers, you're going to be the one that gets to pay for it. Venezuela has no idea, nor do they have the equipment, or nor the engineering capacity to stop this leak that has been going on. This is the fourth day, I believe it is. And um, the... The tidal waves are picking up that oil, and it will ultimately drift as far up as the U.K. So call your representative, your senator, and say, what the hell is going on? I don't want to pay for the cleanup in Venezuela. And uh, find out what's going on. That is now a communist country. You heard it right. Venezuela is a communist country. So with that being said, let's get back to more fun and games with... Jack. And here it is, Jack. Welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers. Welcome back to our final segment, and welcome back to something that I have not talked about a lot on this show, uh, and that is golf. Now, if you realize that it seems like a lot more people are golfing during the pandemic, um, you would not be wrong. Um, Now, there's a lot of reasons for this, obviously. Golf is uh, a great sport for social distancing. It's outside. It's in the air. Um, You don't have to worry about the coronavirus if you were worried about the coronavirus that much at all to begin with. Um, But there are a lot of uh, reasons other than this, and one is technology. Um, Technology is getting better and better in all areas of our lives. It keeps coming to the sporting world as well. And even if golf is an old and traditional game, there's also a lot that innovates. Um, so just look at any major city near you, and I'm sure you'll probably see a Top Golf full of young and old golfers alike, where you can get a pitcher of Miller Lite and maybe a cheeseburger and play golf. Now, if that doesn't sound uh, a little bit more fun than 18 holes of normal golf, um, I certainly think it does. I think it's uh, 
They're creating nice, fun, and unique ways to get younger people involved in the sport of golf. Um, and that's another reason that golf seems to be more popular now. A lot of younger players are playing. Um, the, the sports had an unfair reputation, in my opinion, of being a game for old people due to cost, interest, or both. Um, but there are larger numbers of younger people playing the game now due to these things that, such as Top Golf, the new 2K21 golf video game, um, which uh, if you're a video game player, make sure you check that out. It, it's surprisingly fun for a golf game. Also, a lot more women playing golf. Um, it used to be only about a quarter of those who played golf are women, but that number is on the rise and continuing to be on the rise. Um, so with that being said, I mean, there are a ton of reasons that golf is turning the corner and, and growing and becoming a larger sport. Um, and that's being reflected again in the television contracts as the PGA Tour announced Monday a new nine-year agreement with CBS Sports, NBC Sports, and ESPN. Uh, the long-awaited deal running from 2022 through 2030 essentially maintains the status quo in the television arena. CBS will average 19 events per year uh, throughout the contract, while NBC gets eight uh and as previously reported, uh, the networks will alternate FedEx Cup playoff coverage. Uh, if you're not a golf fan, if you don't watch, the FedEx Cup is when they take the top players um, from that season um, and they pit them against each other in one tournament to win, I believe it's $18 million. Um, so no small amount to be sure. Uh, that tournament just recently happened, um, and it was a, a smashing success. had some of the highest ratings ever. Um, now, now, over on the digital streaming front, ESPN has assumed the tour's direct-to-consumer rights within the U.S., um, which will be offered on ESPN+. Plus. Um, as a result of the deal, PGA Tour Live, the tour subscription video service, is exclusively on ESPN+, Plus beginning in 2022. Um, now, Discovery does own the streaming rights of the PGA Tour outside the U.S. through 2030. Um, probably why they did this deal as 2022 through 2030. Um, so those are in conjunction. Um, now, as part of the deal, the tour is assuming new responsibilities on production, technical infrastructure, a lot of boring stuff. But the bottom line, what I'm trying to get here is that uh, golf is coming into the mainstream a lot more than people have expected. Um... And really, I mean, NBC, CBS, and ESPN are willing to bet that it will continue to grow as a more mainstream sport. Um, I do want to read a quote here from CBS Sports Chairman Sean McManus, um, who said in a television interview, quote, In our business plan, we did not assume any golfer was going to be as dominant as Tiger Woods has been in the past. Um, Tiger has played in a relatively small number of PGA Tour events anyway, it would be great if he came back. It would be great if we were dominant again, but we're not assuming that in our numbers. Um, so, I mean, if you're a casual golf fan like I am, Tiger Woods is probably, maybe he's not the only, uh, maybe he is the only golfer or one of very few that you could actually name and maybe have watched. Um, but a lot of these TV executives are realizing that they don't need a Tiger Woods to be a good sport. Um, Although it certainly helps. He's given them the highest ratings, the most notoriety, and it's been great to grow the sport. 
we may now be at a point where golf is becoming popular enough amongst Americans that it can be a popularized television sport without having a Tiger Woods. Maybe you have three very good players who are a draw, three entertaining personalities. And I think one of the things that golf's going to have to get away from, uh, it's obviously a very traditional sport. Um, and I respect that. I understand tradition. But, I mean, we've got players on the tour now snapping their clubs in half after a bad shot, um, screaming out curse words all the time, celebrating like crazy. Um, you got one guy on the tour right now, I think his name's Brooks Kepka, um, who goes out and he benches 315 every time before he goes and plays. He said the only time he plays golf is when you watch him on TV. So we've got a whole cast of characters here. And when it comes to sports, personalities are what makes it. It's very similar to that um, that influencer talk I had last segment about Dave Portnoy and Barstool. When you have entertaining personalities, you're going to get better sponsorships. Um, you're going to get more people entertained. And I'm all for it. There's a reason everybody loves the movie Happy Gilmore because we wish that's what golf was actually like. And now, now, this might be a hot take, and if you're a golf purist, I'm sorry, but it's true for the majority of Americans. I would love to see four Happy Gilmores in real life. That's a tournament I would watch. And, and that's the direction golf is going, obviously not to that extreme, but they're allowing more personality, they're allowing more expression, and they're opening up the sport because it's becoming a mainstream sport. Um... Obviously, uh, more money will be put in um, to these television contracts as, w as well. Um, television contracts have fueled the growth in prize money for, for golf, which is another reason more people are playing. That has gone from about $80 million total in Woods' first full season, uh, which was 1997, to $280 million this year. Um, so, obviously... Uh, Tiger Woods did win that last Masters. We've seen a little bit of an evolution of golf uh, as we had the Capital One Championships uh, with Tiger. Uh, we had that, uh, it was called the match between Tiger and Phil. And then we recently had Tiger and Phil um, playing with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, which was another, another great thing to watch. Um, so again, we're seeing... People trying different things with the sport of golf. We're seeing innovation, excitement, um, and golf's growing. Uh, if you're not a golfer, I encourage you to try it because it's going to be a more popular sport, and it's really not as boring as you think, I promise. Um, so with that being said, a little preview of uh, our next week's show. I have really loved talking about a lot of these emerging trends um, and the changing industry of sports, and it is a changing industry. Um, I've talked a little bit about some companies, one being Oculus in the past, um, where virtual reality is really going to affect how you view sports. And next week, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, you guys would be amazed at, uh, at just how far virtual reality has already come. So I'm going get, to get into it a little bit. It's not just a video game. Um, that your kids have been playing. It's a real thing. It's here. It's here to stay. And it's actually incredible what they're able to accomplish. We're also going to talk about college football. We'll analyze um, any new announcements that come out, cancellations, 
um, things like that. Um, and then uh, I hate to make the show political. Uh, I keep it away from it as much as I can. It's something we can't avoid. Obviously, the election is coming up. Um, and and the outcome of the election may affect sports may than, more than you know. Um, as we know, uh, Donald Trump has been a huge supporter of bringing sports back. Um, Joe Biden really hasn't spoken on it much. But uh, it's something to keep in mind as the election comes up that your sports are definitely going to be affected. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about how we could see sports affected on the other side of the election um, and how all that and how potentially how candidates feel about certain colleges and allowing certain colleges to do certain things could affect not only professional sports, but college sports as well. So that will certainly be something to discuss. Either way, a lot of great topics coming up. Um, we'll keep a few hidden gems in there so you have some... Uh, some surprise when they come up, but definitely going to have a great show next week. Um, I think it's been a great show today. Hopefully you enjoyed. As always, thanks to all our listeners on not only Billion Dollar Ballers, but on America's Web Radio. We'll be back with you next Friday at 9 a.m. I'm Jack Christides. This has been Billion Dollar Ballers. See you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.